And here we go. Phil, bring us in. Can you fucking believe it? Going Air back. Bags in the fucking back. Going back to our roots. I love it. All right. <laughs> so this is episode 54. Um, that's momentous, I suppose. Uh, Not in any real sense. But well, you know, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Studio 54, you mentioned before. We Maybe we'll make this like a disco theme episode, but we probably won't. No. <laughs> I really don't think we will. Probably not. Considering we don't we didn't watch any like disco related <laughs> you, films. We should have just done a disco theme episode. <laughs> like we watched Saturday Night Fever and 54. I think we could have watched 54. We could have, but I've seen it and I didn't really want to watch it again, so Oh. oh. Come on. Poor Mike Myers. Yeah, he was an insane gay person in that movie. Hmm. And I didn't really buy it. Tax evasion. What? That was tax evasion. Oh, well, tax evasion. There you go. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I completely lost what you were talking about. Apparently. Okay, all right, all right. So. What kind of hell show is this? I, who the hell knows? We've been 54 episodes. I don't even know. <laughs> we talk about mm. some movies. You know, yeah. the movies and the things with the things and the guys. That one time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I owe you with the thing from the guy with the thing and... Yeah, 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 I got it. Okay. I was trying to do my Elliot Gould impression there. <laughs> Sounded more like uh, Joe Pesci or something. <laughs> what, I do a lot of famous to you, right? You fucking dizzy prick. <laughs> well, I'm just saying Elliot Gould is, is a little more like this. <laughs> well, do we remember from Ocean's Eleven? Well, yes. Yeah, whatever. Anyway... <laughs> Let's yeah. not try to get off track within the first two minutes. Why? That's just how we roll. Uh, that's how we roll, bitches. <laughs> okay. Let's no get... offense to our female listeners. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. <laughs> All right, so... If we have any. I, yeah, we do. We do. No. I, well, we used to, at least. Maybe after <laughs> that, we won't. <laughs> they abandoned us. <laughs> All right, so... You want to go first, or you want me to go first, or you want to go first together <laughs> with, with the with the. Uh, oh, that's too, we have to keep that one. Time okay, we we'll, we'll, There's we'll, some payoff if you stick around. Definitely, definitely. So I will go ahead with the big one. Okay. Um, just to get it out of the way for all you people who live who only listen for the first ten minutes. Um, this <laughs> and you know who we're talking about. <laughs> Um, so a couple weeks ago, when it first came out, I went to see The Hunger Games. Ooh, well, you and every teenager in America, apparently. I think me and everybody I know. Really? I, I don't actually, I've, I haven't seen it, and I don't really plan on seeing it, but... You should. Really? Alright, well, I, tell I'll me why. It, I'll start off, it's an A-plus movie. Really? A-plus. Really? Five out of five stars. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and justify that. No. Um, <laughs> no. That's all I have to say. fucking see the movie. That'll fucking justify it, you fucking fuck. Wow. Justify it is. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. So, The Hunger Games, brought to you by Gary Ross. Yes. Who has since been fired. No. Yes, he's no. not coming back for the second one. No, he wasn't fired. Well, he left. Yes. 
okay, so we quit, whatever. <laughs> There's a big difference between quit and fire. I have been asked to resign, Phil, <laughs> in my time. <laughs> yes, but that wasn't the case in this part. I guess, well, that's a different story, but I guess the, the negotiations for him making this first one were tortuous. <laughs> in what way? Uh, they took forever. They're not... The, the way I read it was that Lionsgate is not used to working with established, uh, you know, fairly at least high-powered directors. Right. And thus paying fairly high-powered fees. So they didn't want to pay him is what... Correct. Okay. So it was like a, a really big struggle for him to get whatever he got, $3 million and 5%. Okay. And they, <laughs> he didn't really want to go through that process again of dealing with them. Yeah, fair enough. So, from what I hear, the second one's out to people like uh, Quaron, um, uh, Cronenberg. Cronenberg. Now, see, I would see that. <laughs> really? I mean, uh, some big name guys are up to do the second one now. But anyway, so Gary Ross to me equals quality. So I sure. knew I was going to get something good. That's really why I wanted to see it. Okay. Because after, you know, I mean, he's a guy that wrote Big. He's a guy that directed Pleasantville and Seabiscuit. You know, yeah. he's Oscar nominated, yada, yada, yeah. yada. Um, but, okay, so stars Jennifer something. I want to say Hudson, but that's a No, it's not Jennifer Hudson. It's, uh, <laughs> I don't remember her name, but I know who you're talking about. This star of the movie. Yes. Um, that's really bad that I can't If there's anything anything that this podcast has shown the public is that I'm not exactly the best with names. Me neither. So, all right. Me neither. Um, I can see your face. Um, (laughs) and, uh, Josh Hutcherson and Stanley Tucci. The girl from Zack and Mary, uh, what's her name? Oh, yes, uh, yes. Girl. Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth Banks. See, I told you I'm great with names. And, um, you know, the blonde chick. Woody Harrelson. <laughs> I um, did, yeah. You know what's funny about that? I would have never thought that Woody Harrelson would be in this movie. But he was. I mean, you know. He whatever. was Hamish. If you've read the story, it's actually. I haven't read anything about it. Or, well, I've read about it. I haven't read the books. I haven't seen the movie. So I'm a Hunger Games virgin. Okay. Yeah, okay. So you're one of ten in the country. <laughs> Apparently. Um, <laughs> no, um, so, uh, it is the story of Katniss Everdeen, uh, who is chosen in this, you know, dystopian future world um, to participate in the Hunger Games, which are essentially like the capital of this future America saying, fuck you, we're in, we're in charge to everybody else. Um, Isn't by, that what they're saying right now? <laughs> indeed. Um, <laughs> so, oh, we're getting political now. Um, so, at, at any rate, uh, two tributes from each district of the land uh, have to go and uh, between the ages of twelve and eighteen have to go and fight to the death. Right. Uh, in an in the arena in the capital. Um, so now let me ask you this. Yeah. Just, just, I, and I'm, I'm not going to just keep interrupting, but um, <clears throat> really, well, that would be I'll, amazing. I'll, I'll try not to, but um, I won't guarantee I'll it would succeed. Be a, it would just be me talking. It would. I know, I know, but you know, go yeah, ahead. Your I figured, I figured the uh, the listeners, you know, may share my questions every once in a while. Um, the Hunger Games. The reason it's called the Hunger Games is because if they don't kill each other, they don't get fed. Is that correct? They drop, like, food out of the sky or something? 
Like out of helicopters or some shit like that? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> Obviously, I haven't read the books. <laughs> if I remember correctly, they're called the Hunger Games because um, you starve in them. They don't. <laughs> they don't provide you food. You have to provide everything for yourself. They just drop you in a place. So, like, if you kill somebody, you have to eat them. No, but <laughs> you have to hunt or gather oh. or forage or or or, or start be, a farm or, or yes, have a um, sponsor. Sponsors will send you little things and parachutes. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking of. Then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but so anyway, um, I'll say this. Uh, the the cinematography goes a little bit crazy with the handheld. That's what I've heard. Especially at the beginning. And then you kind of get used to it. It calms out um, as the movie goes on. But at the beginning, it's a bit jarring. Um, the performances are top-notch. I mean, this is a girl who was just nominated for an Oscar sure. two years ago. Right. Um, and... Uh, you know, I mean, you can tell that they didn't give the movie probably as much money as they should have because Lionsgate's cheap. Sure. And yeah. so, <laughs> so, you know, lots of the special effects are like, hey, here's the capital, look away. You know, like, <laughs> I like how you did the air quotes around special effects. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's funny though to me, it's like, you know, when you say that, <clears throat> it's funny because it's like, they had to know that they were going to make like a zillion dollars off of this. Never, you never know. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I mean, they still gave him seventy-five million dollars to make the movie. But if you're making a tentpole picture, that's not a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, well, anymore. I mean, yeah, but I mean, look at John Carter, right? <laughs> oh, hey, not very many people did. Ah, the thing you did, Sean. I did. You're right. <laughs> me, me and like nine other people. <laughs> Okay, so anyway. Um, but yes, I, I mean, like, I don't know how much you want me to gush about this movie. But no, go ahead. I want. I, I actually would really like to know, like, wh- why you felt that it was this top-notch, you know. Well, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it without, I mean, the story is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I, I did, after I saw the movie, read the book. Um, I've heard that you can, like, bang out that book in, like, a day. Yes. You can't. I mean, I'm just if saying. You, that, if you sat down and read it, yes, it, it's not a hard read. You know, it's it's juniors literature. It's not. Sure. It's not it's a, young adult fiction. Exactly. Um, but uh, so I mean, the story's good. It's emotional. It's involving. Um, yeah, it's 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 all it's you know it, it plays on your hatred of the subject matter. I can't tell you how many. Uh, parents I've talked to are like, I, I, I don't know if I can watch that. What, because it's just the kids killing each other? Uh-huh. Huh. And there, I mean, like, when when I saw it, there were more than a couple times where there were shocked gasps. In, really? In the theater. Wow. Yes, when, when some of the kids would be murdered. Really? Yeah, like, oh my god! You know, well, well, there's lots of that. Movie. That's kind of interesting considering it's a PG-13 movie and it's not, um, you know, I mean, it's aimed at sort of the teenage audience well, mostly, yeah, um, I would think. But it, and it helps that it's tastefully directed uh-huh. so that when it does happen, you still go, you know, they may not be showing you like hostile style violence, right. yeah, but yeah. because it's implied, it ends up being worse. Like... Yeah, like no, Reservoir I mean, Dogs sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I, um, 
I one thing that and and again I haven't seen it, but um, one complaint that I've heard about the movie uh. Uh, is that the direction is not all that great. Which it sounds to me like you totally disagree with that. Totally. Like um, one thing I've heard a lot is that um, that um, anytime there's like action, the way that they try to sort of action it up is just making this handheld, really super shaky camera. You know, uh, and that it, it doesn't, it, it's a little distracting or something like that. And again, I can't really comment personally because I haven't seen it, but that's what I've heard. Um, from my recollection at this late date, because it's obviously been a couple weeks since I've seen it, I don't recall that. But um, I will say that I do have a high tolerance for that. The shaky style. camera stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I don't know if I'm the best judge because I wouldn't necessarily notice. I'm, right. immune, I'm like immune to it. By sure. Now. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And, and I kind of am too. Um, I think I tend to have a little bit lower tolerance than that just because like sometimes like, oh, I don't know, like the Bourne movies say, for yeah. example, it's sometimes it's just indecipherable. It's yes. like, what is going on here? That's, All that's, that's happening true. is that's Transformers. like, yeah, well, um, and that, that was more than that, but yeah. yeah. But um, but no, I mean, uh, for me, um, it was anything but unintelligible. It was uh, much clearer than many other pictures I've seen. Okay, fair you could, enough. You could tell what was going on. It was uh, intense. Sure. Blah, 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 you know? Good deal. And hey, if you hear a little bit of a clank, I'm pausing. I'm putting, no, I will just tell the... The listeners, we, this is this is just how pod, ghetto pod, we are. No, this is no. podcast verite. My fan on my computer is sound, is sounding really loud right now, so I'm putting a little bit of space under the computer so it'll get some air. Because computers have to breathe too. Indeed. So anyway, sorry, um, we digressed into the real world there for a second. Damn you! Oh. So I Lawrence, don't know. Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence. There you go. Um, um, I will say that like. I'll probably watch The Hunger Games, but it was never one that I was um, thinking, you know, I, I got to go out and see this in a the theater or whatever, because to me, yeah, it's one of those movies that, like, if I see it on cable or on DVD or whatever, yeah, it'll probably be about the same experience as going to see it in a the theater. I don't see, know if that's true. No? You don't think so? I don't know that that's true. Um, and I'll say this, I wasn't like raring to go on this picture. Sure. You know, it's not like I was like, ah, I'd yeah. never read the books or anything. And yeah. I came out of that going movie going, fuck. Nice. Uh, well, good. good. Hey, oh. you know what? I'm all for movies that like, um, you know, if even if they are aimed at like sort of the tween audience or whatever, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, if they're good, they're good. Fine. Exactly. I don't have a problem with that. I say, join the masses, see the movie. Hung, hunger for some games, people. Exactly. It's it's worth it. Right on. All right, I then. will say, my one quibble with the picture okay. is uh, Donald Sutherland. Yeah, it's why is that? It's just too predictable. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Not like, I've, like, I've seen him play the evil bad guy a few too many times. Right. And it's like... I would have appreciated, you know, it's like hiring Donald Sutherland to play your bad guy is the same as hiring Ben Kingsley to play your bad guy. It's just sure. been done so many times. Yeah. I would have much rather seen someone else. Yeah. Well, fair enough. 
You know what's so funny, Phil? I have to say this. This is not about the movie, but uh-huh. every single time you say the name Donald Sutherland, uh-huh. I hear like your Georgia coming out. You always say <laughs> Donald Sutherland. You always do that, and like I, it's, it just sticks in my ear. Like you never say Donald Sutherland. You say Donald Sutherland, yeah. and so whatever. Anyway. <laughs> But anyway, okay. that's just, but you Fair know, enough. you're right though. Like certain times, you know, you, you, uh, you see somebody and you go, oh boy, here he is. The same guy playing the same role. He's playing in like nine other movies. Yep. And here we go again. Kind of thing. Exactly. So I know what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, totally positive. It's one of the few movies I've been totally positive about. That kind of surprises time. me because I, in a way, that surprises me only because just like, I mean, we've known each other a long time. And I would have thought that, that you, if I had to guess, mm-hmm. I would have said that you would have um, thought that movie was just like, oh, this is just sort of, you know, pap for kids, you know. Well, and, you know, I was halfway expecting it to be um, because, you know, I'm preconditioned by Twilight. I kind of Ugh. had them in the same basket when they're in very two different. Yeah, hey. I mean the 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 level of skill, excuse me, involved in, with with Twilight is about a tenth of the level of skill. Oh God, yeah, movie. you know it's like why you know the the Twilight series just kills me because it's <laughs> like okay, we have this guaranteed money maker. Let's make it as crappy as we can, yeah. just to prove that well, we can make money on this crap. I mean, here's my thing. Well, here. At the beginning, Catherine Hardwick and Gary Ross are nowhere near in the oh, same no. talent pool. Um, the looking at what's her name, Kristen Stewart. Stewart. Ugh. Compared to Jennifer Lawrence, one's Oscar nominated, the other's a cunt. So, Ooh. <laughs> what do you I'm really not, think? I'm, I'm not a big fan of Kristen Stewart. Oh, I, I, I'm not either. I'd like her to disappear. I would like her to fall off the face of the earth if possible. Quickly. Yes. yes. <laughs> like I'll, I'll go and push her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'll be right there with you to hold her so you can get a good shove. Oh, I hate that bitch. Anyway, Kristen Stewart, if you're listening, hey. Um, <laughs> Please stop. Exactly. I know, I we don't, don't want your subscription. Please. I do not want you as a subscriber. Exactly. Do not listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, Kristen Stewart, we salute thee. Um, okay, so Hunger Games, thumbs up from Phil. Yes. A plus. All right. Five stars. <laughs> it's bully, see? Bully! Huzzah! <laughs> Huzzah. Okay, so we went almost 20 minutes on Hunger Games. I'm surprised. Um, Indeed. What's your first, sir? My, my first, I think, would be this movie called Goon, which Goon. is not nearly as well known as Hunger Games, obviously. Yeah, I've just seen the box. I think with uh, John William Scott. Right, and basically the story is is that John William Scott is basically this guy who lives in I can't remember Buffalo or Canada somewhere. Uh huh. You know, and he no, I mean really, <laughs> it's, it's, all a, it's, it's a smaller town. Yeah, and they have this minor league hockey team, and uh, uh, he he's a basically he's he's. Not like a loser, but he's not really much of a winner either. He's just sort of this middling guy, sort of works his, you know, BS job. Right. And but he can really, really fight. That's <sighs> his he he can just flat out fight. Okay. And um they 
the the minor league hockey team. He's a fan of theirs, and he's a big fan of hockey. So he goes to this game, you know, at this little rinky-dink arena where they play, uh-huh. and he gets in a fight with one of the players from the opposite team. He pisses him off so much because he's heckling him so much. John William Scott is heckling the other player so right. much that the guy climbs out of the penalty box and goes up to fight Sean William Scott. Uh-huh. And Sean William Scott just, like, knocks his teeth into the back of his head. Sure. And so the coach of the minor league hockey team goes, holy crap, this guy can really fight. Like, this might be somebody who could, like, we could he could sell tickets because he's such a, he, he can fight so well that, you know, but the guy, but the thing is, is Sean William Scott doesn't know how to play hockey. Right. I mean, he knows how to play hockey in the sense of watching it a lot, uh-huh. but he can't skate or anything. So they teach him to skate. They teach him to play hockey. And um, he becomes the goon. Like, right. any time that they want him to go out and fight somebody, he just, like, bashes their face in. Uh-huh. And um, he uh, he's this... But see, the, the funny thing is, is that he's this really sweet, like, sort of innocent guy. Yeah. But he can really fight. Uh-huh. And he's not, like, this mean, like, nasty jerk or anything. Uh-huh. And so it's sort of this conflict of, like, you know, he's this nice guy who just wants to get this girl that he met, you know. And uh-huh. this girl's kind of an asshole, honestly. She's she's She keeps telling him throughout the whole movie. I think she says, like, three, four times, I'm a really bad girlfriend because I've cheated on all my boyfriends. And, in fact, the night we met and we made out, I was cheating on a boyfriend and all this stuff, and he just gives this sort of moon-eyed look like, what? You know, because he's just this sort of, like, innocent, sweet guy, you know? Sure. But he can bash people's heads in. <laughs> and so... Makes total I sense. I know, it's weird. And he... And so, um, basically, it goes on where he, he becomes actually fairly good at hockey. Yeah. So he has sort of this, like, uh, I don't know, existential sort of crisis in a way. Where he goes, well, I really want to play hockey, and I really like this girl, but they only keep me around because I can like fight people really well and and all this stuff, and um, so it kind of is like this, you know, it's sort of this morality play in a way. But the reason it's not really a morality play is because you know the guy's not a jerk, so it's not like you're going. <laughs> I mean, he's this super sweet guy, you know. Yeah. And but then there's this sort of the antagonist of the movie. Is a guy played by um, um, what's his name? That guy, um, <laughs> and I'll remember it here in a minute. But there's this other guy who is on an opposing team, who has been known as the best fighter in this minor league hockey league. league. Liev Schreiber. Yes. And um, he uh, he he tells Sean William Scott, he's like. You know, this is going to be my last year in the league and whatever, and I need to keep my rep up as like this really good fighter. And I don't remember exactly what his his sort of motivation for it was, yeah. but but he's like, we're gonna fight. We'll see who's the better fighter and who's the toughest guy and all this stuff. And they have it out at the end, and uh, it's. I will say this. I mean, it's 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 mostly a comedy. There's a few little dramatic moments in it, but it's mostly a comedy. Uh huh. But man, um, some of the fights in it are like brutal. Really? Yeah. And uh, so they have it out, you know, and it's it's a fairly predictable, 
you know, story arc or whatever. Sure. But um, the reason Most sports movies have predictable yeah, storylines. This is true. This Except is true. for Moneyball. Moneyball, I was like, oh, what? They didn't win? Yeah, what? Huh? <laughs> they couldn't really say they <laughs> won, he, though, because they didn't. didn't. Well, I mean, and was, but then I was like, and then he didn't even take the high power job. Oh, I know. What, what, what's the point of this fucking story? <laughs> well, but see, the thing is, though, they couldn't say he did take the job because the guy did. He didn't. Yeah, right. yeah, I know, I get it. But I was like, <sighs> yeah, you wanted him to, you wanted him to be like the highest paid GM right. and whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I mean, and the the reason that I watched this movie, the, this movie Goon, was that I had. Um, I had heard, I think, on another podcast, somebody was really just raving about it. And it's also very similar to the plot of a movie, supposedly the last movie that Kevin Smith will ever direct. Right. Called Hit Somebody. Uh-huh. And um, so I was just curious about it. And I like Sean William Scott well enough. He's all right. And, um, you know, honestly, it was a decent enough movie, but it, there wasn't really all that much to it. You know. Yeah, and see, that's where I, the only that's the only way I really know that movie is that I I think it does or is getting kind of a cult at uh, behind it, because I've seen it like with a midnight showing. Goon, you mean? Yeah. Oh, really? At at the local. Oh, huh. Well, I think he came Cineplex. <laughs> yeah, I think he came out. I don't. I think he came out mostly. For most people, on um, video. video on demand. Yeah, I don't know if it really got that many th- screens, but I mean, I don't I, know. No, I mean like this week. No, it's yeah, showing, it's showing over there at midnight. Well, yeah, and the thing is too is that like again, there's not a whole lot to it. Yeah, but the performances are good. I will say that uh-huh. they're definitely um, uh, good acting performances. The the um, they are actors. They are actors and actresses. Yes. <laughs> but um, I guess one of the main guys behind it was a guy who, the guy who plays Sean William Scott's friend, uh-huh. Jay Marichal, I think is his name. Marichal? Marichal? Is it Marichal? Tall, skinny guy. Yeah, dark hair, kind of. Tall, skinny Yeah. Yeah. Marichal. But, but he, uh, he, uh, he was one of the writers and yeah. producers of the uh-huh. movie. And, um, I like him. I think he's a funny guy. I think he is too. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I actually wasn't aware of that before I watched it and saw the credits and stuff. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's it's good. I mean, it, it it's not a waste of an hour and a half. Yeah. But there's. I mean, it's. You know, it it's not real like it's not going to change your life or anything. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd recommend watching it if, especially if you like hockey, if you're a sports fan or or whatever. And it, you know you'd appreciate it. Or a Sean William Scott fan, maybe. If yeah, there are any like, you know, well, it's not Stifler, but it's sort of like a. It's it's sort of a variation of Stifler, which is what Sean William Scott always does. Right. I think that Stifler was based on Sean William Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean it's it's a decent enough movie. I I think that some of the reviews I've read and or heard of it were a little. Uh, a little more positive than mine would have been. Yeah. But it's definitely not a bad movie. It's a decent movie. All right. You get some good laughs and stuff, and you get two. A good time was had by all. Exactly. But there there are some actually fairly brutal fight scenes in it. I, I was sort of surprised and a couple of times. It's like, whoa. <laughs> okay. Just weren't expecting that from yeah. the Sean Williams Scott comedy. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I'd recommend it. All right. All right.
Moving on. Moving on down the river. <laughs> That's our musical interview. Um, <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. <laughs> it's Clint Eastwood singing, Let's all go to the lobby. I thought it was Mr. Burns. No. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you, Senor Spellbergo. <laughs> the Mexican equivalent. Um, what do I want to talk about next? I guess I'll go with Secretariat. The horse racing movie. Yes. Following the theme of sports movies. Indeed. I figured it would be an easy segue. Yeah. So, Secretariat. Who fights a horse? Oh. <laughs> we <laughs> have a bunch of horses <laughs> jumping around going, Are the horses... punching each other in the snouts. Are horses on ice skates? <laughs> yes. We have a, we've had a dearth of jokes in this. A dearth? Der- dearth? Dearth. Dearth. That's, there you go. <laughs> so we need, to, we need to joke it up a little bit here. Uh, no. <laughs> um, so uh, Secretariat. Yes. Does Diane Lane, John Malkovich, and no one else. Oh, I forgot John Malkovich was in that. Yeah, uh, actually Scott Glenn and Dylan Walsh. Oh. we consider him a star. <laughs> Well, I do. I mean, I love Nip Talk <laughs> and Congo. Um, <laughs> um, actually, I do love Congo. But anyway, anyway, we've gone over this before in previous um, podcasts. So, um, and it is the story of, guess, Secretary. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I was um, going to say Seabiscuit, but that was wrong. Yes, that was wrong. <laughs> um, and by the way, <laughs> listeners, I'm really not that dumb. I'm just trying to be funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, iced tea is not supposed to come out of my nose, so thank you for trying to make it. You're welcome. Okay. Um. So, it's uh, 19-whatever, 74, I don't know. Wasn't Secretary, now just uh, just to for a little background, isn't Secretary the last horse to win the Triple Crown? I think uh, at least one or two have since. Oh. Okay, I thought it was. But the last nobody's one. ever, nobody's ever beat the third race, the Preakness, right? In anything close to the time he ran. Gotcha. Okay. Um, or finished. Like, he, I mean, he finished like thirty-one lengths ahead of the horse. Jesus. Um, but uh, so check um, him for steroids. <sighs> Barry Bonds, are you listening? So um, essentially, this is the story, and I have to say. I, I'm of two minds about this picture. I noticed its flaws. I still enjoy it. Sure. Um, uh, so Diane Lane, her her father. Um, her owned, eternal hotness for some reason. Indeed. I swear to God, she'll she, still be hot when she's 70. I don't know what's I, up with her. I think you're right. <laughs> um, but anyway, so um, she plays the daughter of, a, of Scott Glenn, who has a horse breeding business. Sure. And um, her mother dies. She goes home. Her husband's going. Her her father's going senile, and um, she has to kind of take over the business. Okay. And um, they end up at this uh, this coin toss with the richest man in America, because he let his like super stud of a horse breed two of of her dad's horses. Okay. Um. And um. What's the coin toss for though? To see which of the foals. They get to keep. Okay. So so essentially, like, they flip the coin, and he goes, I'll take, you know, so that, that horse is full. 
Right. And then Diane Lane gets the whatever's left. <laughs> okay. Um, and This so, sounds like rich people having just way too much fun. I think you're right. <laughs> um, but uh, so, um, and of course, she ends up with Secretariat. And she enlists... In your face, rich guy. And... <laughs> And she enlists John Malkovich as the trainer for the horse. And well, obviously, you know they they move <laughs> on into into history. Um, so <laughs> that was that was like the best like end. And, and you go all on and on and on and then and they move on into history. Well, I don't know. You could no, I can do just that was awesome. Watch Phil. the fucking movie. <laughs> just kidding, Phil. I thought uh, it was I awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Malkovich um, is Malkovich. <laughs> well, this, what else can you say? You know, slightly odd French Canadian trainer guy. Um, <laughs> the only thing about Malkovich is it always seems like English is his second language anyway. Yes, it, it's so that, weird. It is. It's like, where did you? You grew up in America. You you speak <laughs> English, but yet it always seems like he doesn't quite know how. Odd. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, the movie lacks dramatic forward movement. I will yeah. say that. You know, they spend a lot of time trying to wring something dramatic out of this fairly, you know, hey, it was a great horse and he won, you know. <laughs> hey, you know, what are you going to say? He won the triple crown. He was pretty far fast. You <laughs> what know? do you know? I mean, what are you going to say? <laughs> so they spent a Fast fucking horse right there. <laughs> so, you know, they, they try to paint it like Diane Lane is missing out on so much that her kids are doing because we're living in Denver, by the way. Awesome. Um, uh, because she's in Virginia raising the horse and, you know, and then racing the horse and blah, blah, blah. And so, oh, she's missing her, her child's play and she's crying in the hotel room, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, uh-huh. come on. Give me a break. So that's about as much dramatic for a movement. And then <laughs> right. there are a couple times when, like, her husband and her brother try to get her to sell the horse. And and I don't know. It's like, it's like okay. But, like, it's it's fairly entertaining Either way, but really? then, yeah, like you can know that there's not a hell of a lot to <laughs> for them to go anywhere. But right. I, I still went along with them. Yeah, sure, why not? You and know. I'm like, hey, the horse is cool. Yeah, um, <laughs> hey, that's an awesome horse. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, way to go, horse! Exactly. <laughs> and I will say that Diane Lane, um, she's playing it a bit broad. <laughs> And, you know, I don't know how else to put that, but but she really is. There isn't one. Okay. Um, you got to do that one if you want it. Okay. Um, but, so, like, there, I, there's one scene where, you know, like, they're in the stable, and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do about the future of the, of the, of the, you know, ranch or whatever, farm, I don't know. Um, Horse and And, and you know, she's... She's got her arms up like this, and now <laughs> swinging around, and she's Damn like, "Damn you! You can't take this away from me!" Like you know, I believe in all this, and we're gonna go out there, and we're gonna win. And I'm like, "Oh, and for, and for this everybody, this isn't 1943." <laughs> for everybody out there listening on the podcast, Phil is flailing his arms around exactly, yes. maniacally, maniacally. <laughs> and I don't know if she's quite that broad, but it would, you know, that's what I right. What I this remember. This is what you would expect from like sort of a. Uh, you know, like a, uh, I don't know, like a Laurel and Hardy movie almost. Where, like, people <laughs> Something just, of that era where they're just a little over-emoting and talking a little bit too strange. Betty Davis was in this one. <laughs> was the dump. <laughs> um, but, yes. So she plays it a little bit too broad sometimes. Like, some of the lines they give her to say are like, oh. 
Like, <laughs> was that straight out of the, you know, sports movie playbook? I think it was. Um, well, you know, the, but we've got to believe in that horse. Big Red can do anything. Yeah, you know, blah, you know blah, blah, and blah. the thing about that is that, like, I'm a big sports fan, and I like a lot of sports movies. Yeah. But the thing about sports movies is that they are like a cliche machine. Yes. I mean, basically, you could, I could write a book that would be like the sports movie cliche handbook. And 45% of it would be used in any sports movie made. Yes. All you'd have to do is just refer to the book and be like, oh, here you go. We'll just copy, paste. You know, it's so, uh-huh. I know what you mean. It's, it's, it's hard to get away from the really cliche stuff. Yes. But, despite all this, I enjoyed the picture. Well, the story yeah. of Secretariat is a rousing one. It sounds like a movie, honestly, it sounds like kind of a throwback movie, really. It really kind of is. It is a movie maybe from 30, that should have come out in 1963. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm but, glad you pinpointed but it. But of course, that would have been before Secretary exists. <laughs> well, um, you know, and if it did come out then, then man, that would have been visionary. I be know, like, There's right going to be now. this horse, you won't um, fucking believe it. In 1976. Um... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just the, you know, lazy Sunday afternoon and I'm watching this horse picture and for some reason it drew me in. But I I can't guarantee it'll do the same to you, but I enjoyed it. Well, fair enough. You know, I've had plenty of movies where I've watched them and went, yeah, probably wasn't the best movie I've ever seen, but eh, whatever. You know, I enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. We're going to get to one of those (laughs) at the end of the show, I think. We might have to save it for last. foreshadowing here people and believe me it will be worth it it will be worth it stick around and um, and i believe it's time for that lobby break all righty then let's all go to the patio have us a smoke all right that didn't work no and we're back no no we're not i i'm somewhere else (laughs) well phil will be sitting this one out um (laughs) So, from uh, I think uh, going into my, I'm going to do a double feature here. It's going to be my Jennifer Aniston double feature. Okay. Oddly enough, I've seen two Jennifer Aniston movies yeah. in the last week. Um, Fortunate for you, sir. I know, right? Um, I saw an old rom-com of hers called Picture Perfect. I think that was her first movie uh, while she was, after she became Big on Friends. You think? I think it I, is. Well, I, I don't know. I, 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 I know it is. Okay. Well, and the reason, and again, the, well, not again, but the reason that I saw this movie is because I I listened to Jay Moore's podcast, uh-huh. and he's the, the lead in that movie, Yeah. and he talked about it a bunch of times on his podcast, and I was like, I've never seen that movie, and then it just came, it came on like HBO or something, and I was uh-huh. like, oh, fine, you know, whatever, I'll watch it, and just to see like what, yeah. you know, what it was. And um, it really wasn't very good. <laughs> it was. It's a romantic comedy with Jay Moore in the lead. Well, and see, the thing was it's not inspiring. Well, see, the thing was is that I th- I think that Jay Moore is a funny guy, but he wasn't really. He wasn't. But does he come off as a romantic comedy kind of guy? No, not really. Maybe a sidekick. Yeah, maybe. I, but not really, you're right, not really a, a romantic comedy type of guy. Right. But um, 
but I had heard so much about like this, this story that he told on his podcast about um, making the movie and relating with Jennifer Aniston and stuff uh-huh. like that. Um, so I was like, you know, I saw it was coming on and I was like, oh, hey, you know, I'll, I'll watch this uh, just to see what the, you know, what the uh, hubbub's about. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of hubbub about that. I know, Picture right? Perfect. I know, time. right? Uh, <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was a romantic, a lightweight romantic comedy. Yes. Um, and where Jennifer Aniston, and uh, just to briefly, the plot is, is that Jennifer Aniston wants to get this promotion at her job. She's in advertising. And um, she wants to get this promotion. But for some reason, her boss um, won't promote anybody who he feels is not sort of uh, stable enough. Like, she doesn't have a husband. She doesn't have a mortgage. Okay, okay. So he kind of, he says to her, um, well, how do I know that you're not going to just run off to the next advertising company that that'll give you a little bit more money, so I'm not going to promote you. Which is very, like, self-sabotaging in my mind. Yeah. Because he likes her, so he's like, I like you a lot, and I don't want you to leave, so I'm not going to promote you. It's like, what? Like, <laughs> that, that doesn't really compute. Yeah. So, um, her best friend at the company, who's played by Ileana Douglas. Of course. Um, lies to the boss and says that Jennifer Aniston is actually engaged to Jay Moore, who is the only time they've ever met is Jay Moore is a wedding videographer. Uh-huh. And so they met at this wedding for like 30 seconds. Uh-huh. And they have this picture together because he caught the um, garter uh-huh. and she caught the bouquet. Uh-huh. So they take this picture together. Yeah. And so Ileana Douglas says to the boss, this is her uh, fiance, and they're moving in together, and they're gonna buy a house and all this stuff, right. so that she can get this promotion. Uh-huh. So then Jennifer Aniston has to uh, convince Jay Moore to play along that that's what it is, sure. and then predictably enough, Jay Moore falls in love with her, and you know, romanticism ensues. I'm struck at the similarity between that plot. And the um, proposition. No. Well, the proposal is a or proposal. It's a, a close Madonna. <laughs> but I was thinking of another Jennifer Aniston movie. Just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, but no, the, the the proposal. I mean, that that's pretty similar too. But Correct. yeah, they um, you know. Well, but they were actually going to get married because she wanted to stay in the country. Right, but and then. The thing about this movie that I that really struck me about Picture Perfect, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because <laughs> it really doesn't deserve a lot of time. Sure. But um, the thing that struck me about it was I was watching it, and um, Jennifer Aniston never explains why she needs Jay Moore to do this. Right. And what she does is she says, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll go out to dinner with my boss, and we'll get in a big fight, and then um, we'll uh, break up. Mm-hmm. So that therefore, the original lie would still be intact, but then um, I can not have to perpetuate the lie. Mm-hmm. But she never tells Jay Moore through the entire movie exactly why she made this this whole story up. 
She never explains it to him. She just says, you have to do this. Yeah. And she offers to pay him. And he's this really sweet, nice guy. And he just says, okay, well, I'll just do it because I like you. But she never says exactly why. She never says, I did this so I want so I could get promoted. Mm. She just goes, you have to do this. And he goes, okay. And it's like, it's very <laughs> unclear. If I was, like, if I, I, I was kind of thinking about it when I was watching it. If I was in Jay Moore's shoes, as the character that he played, right. I'd be like, well, wait a minute. Why did you do this? But that's just sort of glossed over because... You as the audience know why. Hey, come on. We as the audience are supposed to go, well, who wouldn't say yes to Jennifer Aniston? I am I right? Yeah. And um, it's just, it's weird though because they just never, yeah. she never explains it to him really. Well, she it. just says. It was off screen. If, yeah. Well, um, she, she just says, you have to do this. And he goes, okay. And it's like, oh, well, what? Okay. <laughs> um, no explanation needed, baby. Exactly. As long as you wear that low cut shirt. Oh. Speaking of low cut shirts, holy crap! There was there were scenes in this movie where I was going, "Wow, they might have had to digitally um, remove an areola." Yeah, holy crap! Um, but you know, I mean, it was it, it wasn't like super bad, but it just really wasn't any good, really. Yeah. So you know, whatever. It's. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say go out of your way to see it, but, you know, if you're bored, it comes on cable. There's probably better things to watch. (laughs) Probably. Um, And your second Jennifer. My second Jennifer Aniston movie I enjoyed much, much more. Okay. Horrible Bosses. Horrible Bosses. Hey. Um, Now, this is from the the same school of comedy as, like, say, The Hangover, 40-Year-Old Virgin. Right. Uh, You know, these sort of guys... Like, yes. guys, uh-huh. comedies. And um, if you don't know, I'll go over it really quickly. There's three guys. The main three characters have these bosses that are horrible. <laughs> if you didn't know. Um, one of which is Jennifer Aniston, uh, who is the boss of that sort of small squeaky guy from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. And I forget his name. Um Jason Bateman's boss is um, uh, uh, Kevin Spacey. Yes. And uh, Jason Sudeikis' yes. boss is uh, Colin Farrell. Yes. And they're all awful bosses. Uh, uh, Colin Farrell is just a complete asshole, cokehead jerk sure. who is trying to more or less destroy his father's family or family company. Right. Who was played by Donald Sutherland. Thank you. <laughs> who, does, <laughs> who who is the president of the company? Loves Jason Sudeikis, but he dies, and Colin Farrell inherits the company. Okay. So then, um, Kevin Spacey is a, uh, a the boss of. Uh, yes, you already said. Bateman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Bateman, who keeps promising him promotion and just jerking him around, and just a complete and total jerk about it. Sure. And Jennifer Aniston <laughs> plays a dentist who is the boss of the, I don't know his name, the little guy. Yeah. Um, and she is like so over the top sexually harassing him. Yes. Saying that basically he will fuck her no matter what. And he has this, this fiance that he loves, so he won't. 
So they just they come up with this plan to kill each other's bosses. Yes. It's that and I, I do want to mention here that that half of the ruse, reviews I read, and perhaps it is sexist, but half of the reviews I said uh, I I read um, said that uh, essentially like who would really mind that? See, okay, and that's what I was just gonna say. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston in this movie is so overtly just saying you're gonna fuck me. Yeah. And whatever. Um, and she like goes to these extremes. Like, and she's a dentist, so like she at one point it's revealed that she had um done some dental work on the assistant guy. Uh-huh. And while he was out like under the gas, she take she took these like pictures of like suppose like she was like like so it's supposed to look like they were having sex. Right. And so she blackmails him with these photos saying that if you don't fuck me, I'm going to show these to your fiance or whatever. And they actually do address that in the movie. Mm -hmm. His buddies are like, are you serious? Why are you not fucking her? And, (laughs) And the only reason they come up with or he comes up with is like, I really love my fiance and I'm just not going to cheat on her. And it's like, okay, I mean, I guess, but still. Yeah. I mean, it's that one was pretty flimsy. Yeah, she's funny though in it actually, and it's. Um, I was thinking, oh, this is just some. This is just going to be one of those dumb sort of hangover knockoffs or whatever. But I was actually very surprised at how funny it really is. It was much funnier than I would have thought that it would have been. Really? Oh, it was actually. I there was a few times, and I, I, you know, I like funny movies and I like comedy stuff. But there was a few times where I just laughed out loud and just was... I mean, I'm just sitting there watching it by myself on cable or whatever. Yeah. It was very funny. And um, the bosses were really, really good. Even Colin Farrell, who I thought, yeah, right, like he can do any comedy or whatever. (laughs) He was funny. Kevin Spacey was the best. Predictably, yes. But, no, it was actually really funny. Now, I have to ask, and I haven't seen the picture, but was he just kind of channeling swimming with sharks again, or is it like a little different? Um, it was a lot of that. It wasn't exactly the same, but it was a lot of that. But um, he, I think that it, the, the best way I can explain it is that he was such an asshole that it was, it was... But he had such a good time being an asshole that it was really funny. Like, he loved being an asshole. I have to say, this is much higher praise than I've heard from anyone else regarding this picture. You know, I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. Uh I was thinking, oh, you know, whatever, (laughs) it's going to be dumb. And um, there's definitely parts of it that weren't, you know, the best or whatever. And in a third act, it sort of, it loses a little steam. Mm Mm-hmm. But I actually enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. All right. So I would actually recommend watching it. I thought it was very funny. And um, like I said, I think the bosses were great. The weakest of the three was probably Colin Farrell, but he wasn't actually bad at all. Well, I thought he was, he was better than I would have expected. Yeah. Well, and Jennifer course. Aniston. Who, <laughs> she, she can be quite funny. Well, and the funny thing is, is that everybody thinks of her as America's sweetheart and stuff like this. America's sweetheart! Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but wow, she is filthy in this movie. <laughs> and it was actually, I was thinking, you know, Jennifer Aniston should do a little bit more of like, you know, stuff that's not like picture perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, she was really funny in this movie, even though that was the hardest one to believe. Yes. If Jennifer Aniston is coming at you and there's this one scene where he walks into the dentist's office uh-huh. and she's wearing a lab, like the lab coat, the white coat <laughs> and underwear and a, um, uh, garter belt. Right. You know, with stockings and stuff. Uh-huh. And her, the, the lab coat's open. So you can more or less see all of her chest except for her nipples. Right. And you walk in there and she's like, Hey, you know, you want to, you know, you want to get it on or whatever. I swear to God, 999 out of 1,000 guys would just be like, yep. <laughs> so that well, would, now, So there is there any explanation of why she's so attracted to this guy? Not really, no. See, that's the thing. They, they don't... The, the closest they really come to explaining why she wants him so bad is just because she says a couple of times that basically, and I don't remember exactly what she says, but basically she says, I'm horny and I like to do it. But the weird thing is, is she goes to such extremes to get this one guy. Right. It's odd. It's almost like, I think yeah. that, I think that what you're supposed to infer from that is that she just wants to sort of humiliate him a little bit. Yeah. And they go through this like explanation of why he can't quit his job. Right. Which is fairly thin. <laughs> because supposedly, spoiler alert, he's supposedly a sex offender. Because what he he was drunk one night and went to a park and in the middle of the night at like two in the morning and peed on a playground <laughs> and the cops caught him and they caught they charged him with public indecency at a playground oh. so he has to keep explaining to everybody why he's this sex offender which you know they wouldn't do that and I mean obviously it's a stretch but whatever so he keeps saying he can't quit because. She's the only one that would hire him. Right. So, it's a little thin. That's the one that didn't really hold up. Yeah. But um, it's, you know, the whole throw mama from the train, double indemnity. No, yeah. not double indemnity. Um, what's the uh, the Hitchcock movie where... Dial they, M. Was it Dial M for murder? Yeah. Where they kill each other's spouses? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's the same old story. And they even say that in the movie. So, they don't try and... They don't very lean on it. They go, right. oh yeah, it's just like that Hitchcock movie. But it was definitely I I would I enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny. All right. So, uh, you know, I would say watch it if you get a chance. I will, sir. All righty then. So now, dun dun dun. dun. Hey, you got, I have another. Call. Oh, you do. Okay, we're gonna hold off on the dun dun dun, dun for yeah, a minute. Exactly. Okay. Shush. Huh. No. Right. So you got to do a double feature. I get to do a double feature. Awesome. My it's first, a quadruple feature. Indeed. My first one is Beastly. And yes, it was a very tweeny couple of weeks <laughs> for me. Um, this, Bill's revisiting his tweenhood. Indeed, sir. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so this movie is essentially a modern retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Well, uh, you know, by and large, let's just say, Um, you know, with allowing for it being tweeny. Um, And it stars Alex Pettifer, 
and Vanessa Hudgens, I think. From uh, Nickelodeon or whatever she is. Somebody. I don't know. She's a Disney channel. No, wait. Selena Gomez. They're fucking interchangeable. (laughs) One of those two. They're the same person. Little Hispanic girl. (laughs) Oh. Um, Let's not get racist here, Phil. I don't know. know. Um, And uh, what's her name? One of the Olsen twins. Does it matter which one? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. They're twins. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Um, Is it the slutty one or the skanky one? <laughs> Is that a question? It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's rhetorical. Just go with it. Like, okay, anyway. Um, so, and then, uh, you know, a couple other people here and there. Neil Patrick Harris. Um, blah, blah, blah. So... Um, Alex Pettifer, uh, plays, you know, like the school stud at his private school. BMOC. In, in New York. And, um, his dad's a local anchor who's taught him that it's everything in the world to be pretty, apparently, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know. He, my like, dad would have taught me that. <laughs> like, um, like the, the opening scene is him and this girl, Selena Gomez, um, uh, like having a debate or something while running for the school's green council vice president or something, uh, president. And, uh, and he's just, <laughs> essentially, he just gets up and goes there like the world values prettiness and I'm pretty. So vote for me. You know, it's like a little bit more drawn out, but that's essentially what he says. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> you know, that's funny because I made that speech when I was running for class president and I didn't win. <laughs> You're not that pretty. Oh, I see the chink in my armor. So. <laughs> um, but anyway, at any rate, so um, Mary Kate Ashley, I, I don't know. <laughs> Whoever. Um, uh, is it plays a witch, like a literal witch, who, okay. um, who goes to the school and gets very upset with him. So she turns him into a beast, into a very ugly person with, a, you know, lines all over his face, blah, blah, blah. Scar, tissue, blah, 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 blah. No Ed Hardy shirts, I take it. Uh, no. And, um, and so he gets a year to make someone tell him that they love her. They love him. Right. No, yeah. I, this actually, now that you explained that part of it, I actually semi-remember the... Promotional the, material. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, romantic stuff ensues. Machinations. Indeed. If you will. Now, having seen this, you know, two of this kid's, like, three pictures... Um, this and uh, I am number four. Right. I'll say this. He can't act. He can or cannot? Cannot. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's just something about his voice. And I don't know if it's because, you know, he's forcing himself to suppress the British accent. Uh, that frequently will trouble people. Sure. Um, but it ends up being very wooden. And the, it sounds strange to the ear. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, it doesn't come across well, <laughs> and that's, you know, that's, we get well, you know, that's funny because I, there are some people that can do that are like not American actors who can do an American accent well. Yes. And there are some that just cannot. Yes. Actually, one of the people I think that can do an American accent pretty well is one of the guys, Hugh Jackman. 
I think he can do an American accent pretty well. Hugh Jackman, Russell Crowe, both of them can yeah. do it pretty innocuously. Yeah, but um, so you don't really notice. But in this right. case, you do notice, it's, from what I understand. Well, or at least, uh, I, I don't know that you notice that it's not his accent, but I think because he's not speaking as he naturally would, it, it causes, it deadens him. Sure, yeah. No, I know what um, you mean. And it's just not that interesting. So, um, you know, whatever. Without a lead that's believable, it makes any movie hard to watch. Oh, yeah. So, well, yeah, that's pretty much it. Especially a tween picture. Um, well, but you know what the problem is, though? And here's the... I'm going to get up on my high horse for a second. Okay. Here. With tween pictures like this, and, you know, even Hunger Games, which I know you liked, but that's just an example or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, it almost seems like... They can just pump them out and say, hey, tweens, here you go, and they'll just all go see it. And it's like, it doesn't have to be believable or good or anything like that. It's like, they just go, here you go, and it makes $50 million just automatically. Well, this one didn't. This one was a flop. Well, I know, but you know what I'm saying. I, that just I bugs me. That's what they do to every audience. Uh, here's some Transformers blowing something up. Yeah. We didn't think about it any further than that, but here you go. Here's Picture Perfect. It's Jennifer Aniston being cute and... Yeah, that's about I know it. what you mean. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. But I mean, it just—it's—it's stu- it's stupid that like yeah, you know these tween uh, movies and stuff—they they could be just retarded and they'd still go see them. Yeah. And, you exactly. know, I don't so. know. Um, you know, Mary Kate Ashley uh, <laughs> is uh, is the most entertaining member of the crew. Um, and really, uh, yes. Wow. She's the only one that seems to get what kind of movie she's in. Even Neil Patrick Harris, who's trying to play it fast and loose, doesn't come off fast and loose. That's now that's surprising because he's pretty much. I mean, you can put him in a piece of crap movie for the most part, and yeah. he's usually pretty funny or entertaining. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's certainly you know I wasn't expecting greatness from this picture, but I sure shit didn't get it. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> You weren't let down, is exactly. what you're saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> I expected it to be pretty bad. I didn't. I expected it to be, say, more fun than it was. Yeah. Um, well, but hey, you know what? 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 What can you ask for? I don't know. Yeah. Now, you know these tween movies. It's sort of like every once in a while, if I because and this is a genre that I I tend to avoid even more than <laughs> like romantic comedies. Like yeah, what I was I saying, you know. Because they're just so insipid and like just they can be. Ugh. So um, I will say that Alex Pettifer's next movie is a big step up for him talent wise. As <laughs> I, I can't believe they're making this picture, but um, so it's Steven Soderbergh directing essentially um, what's his name, the white trash one from West Virginia. Um, oh, uh, Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but they don't. Yeah, I know. The guy from 21 Jump Street, who it's, is... It's not Topher Grace. It's... Topher Grace. <laughs> it's not Josh Duhamel, but that's pretty close. Correct. Um, anyway, I can see his white trash face. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, him. Um, But yeah, okay. Uh, Channing Tatum. Ch- there we yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, him. But so, what is essentially the Channing Tatum story? Because we oh, we do because know he's that, like a stripper or a male prostitute or something, right? Magic Mike, and, yeah. Because uh, that was Channing Tatum's jump. Was he went from like West Virginia to stripper in Florida to Hollywood? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And so this is uh, this is his story, I guess. Essentially, he's like a producer or writer or something. Weird. I... And um, so yeah, him and so it's it's Channing Tatum. Yeah, Channing Tatum, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Alex Pettifer, and you know several other Matthew McConaughey books. Of course, Matthew McConaughey's in it. Of course, I think he plays Magic Mike, which is the name of the movie. Really? I thought it was Channing Tatum. No. McConaughey. McConaughey. So that'll be his back. last chance because his first two movies were F L O P S. <laughs> um so yeah, and then and my, kids of the internet, that's not an acronym, that's a word. Indeed. Um I'm just spelling it out because I like It's not L O L or F M L. Uh, or F <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. I'm just not a mu- okay. as much of an acronym person. Sure. Whatever. Go ahead. So, um, avoid beastly at all costs is my final, <laughs> final note. Um, hey, can I do a spoiler? Yeah. Does he get somebody to say he they love him? He might. Ooh. Mysterious. We're going to pause for a moment. <laughs> okay. All right. We're back. Okay. Brief pause. We're going... Uh, Back to the tween double feature of films. Well, this one's not necessarily a tween double feature, but it starred Kellen Lutz, so I kind of lump them in the same area. Sure, why not? Um, Miscata is the story. It stars Nick Stahl, Kellen Lutz, uh, whatever, the, the guy from The Ruins, and the guy from this, and the guy from that. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know, those guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Norman Reedus. Oh, gotta love me some Norman Reedus. Um, but One it, of the um, the stars of um, uh, the Walking Dead. Well, yeah, but with the movie with the two Maybe Irish guys two? that kill each other or kill Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. One of the Boondock Saints. Wow, that was a reference that didn't come out very well. No, go ahead. Um, so Mascara is the story of a small town <laughs> in some place. Yeah. Someplace they never tell you. I mean, I think it was shot in New York, but it, you know, it could be anywhere east, right? Um, and uh, essentially, this uh, these these two guys from uh, you know break into this house that they think is empty, and it turns out that there's a little boy there, and they end up killing the little boy. Sounds cheery. Indeed, it's a very cheery movie. Let me tell you. <laughs> Um, and, I don't uh, think this is tweeny at all at this point. No, no, it stars younger people. Okay, um, but gotcha. not that young. Okay. Um, and um, Kellen Lutz is in Twilight. I will. I wouldn't know. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. So, where was I going with this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they killed it. I don't know. You they just killed this totally little... like threw me off. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, so, so they they kill this little boy. Yes, and then they go back, and then Nick Stahl is is the cop trying to investigate the uh, crime. I'm not sure if I could buy Nick Stahl as a cop, but whatever. He just looks like he's such a, a you know. He, it, it is funny because he's he's become kind of a Ralph Macchio, where you know he's like 36, but he looks but about he 22. Still looks 22. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, at any rate, um, Nick Stahl's cop trying to solve the case. And it turns out that the mother of the boy was um, a county commissioner in Mascata County. 
And uh, with, these guys came from another town in Muscata County called Caswell, and it's like white trashville, essentially. Okay, was Channing Tatum from that? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to tie now it all together. Now that you mention it, it might have been. <laughs> um, that was uh, my door alarm. Um, the house has been penetrated. Just like in the movie. Exactly. Oh my god. Life inter- imitates art. Yes. Entertains art, I almost entertains, said. Entertains, yes. Life entertains art. Because <laughs> um, art is a very entertainable guy. Oh, <laughs> oh god. Um, this is going off the rails quickly. I think I'm going to stop with my okay. review. Right no, just now. go ahead. Keep, keep going. So, at any rate, um, you know, lots of stuff ensues. The commissioner, like, takes it out on the town by canceling a bunch of projects because the, the two guys won't come forward or whatever. And, and uh, So she blackmails the whole town to get these guys to come out and correct. say who did it? And when they, you know, I, the, the ending is not good for these two guys. Let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> well, the beginning wasn't too good for them either, considering Indeed, they killed yes. some little kid. Exactly. Um... But, uh, you know, uh, for, for being as kind of low wattage as it is, it's a pretty good picture, I think. Uh, you know, it's involving, this, the story meanders a bit, but it's, it's involving and you, you want to know where it ends. Well, see, you know what? Honestly, and, and all kidding aside, um, I think that even if a movie is not necessarily the best movie ever made or anything like that, but if you really want to know what happens, right. then I think a movie has done its job because you you know you're involved in the movie and you want to know what happens. Exactly. Whether it's a and, and not even just a movie like a book or even you know right a TV show or whatever. If you want to know what happens, then it's got you. I mean that's the it's point. It's done its job. Yeah, exactly. Even if it's not, it's not necessarily the best movie ever made or the best TV show or whatever. Yeah, you want to see what happens, and I think that's why I have gotten so freaking hooked on Law and Order lately. Oh my god! I, seriously, I cannot not watch Law and Order on TV. Not the all the spinoffs, oh but just goodness. the original one. Uh huh. I don't know what it is. Something about it just like hooks me in my brain. And I go, <laughs> I have to see how this comes out. You know? I, well, because that was Law and Order. She was like, conk, conk. Ooh, who are they interviewing now? Wait, you know what, though, Phil? You do, don't make fun of me because me and you used to watch Law and Order I'm, all the time. I, I am aware of my Law and Order addiction. Oh, yeah. No, I just, there's, there's been times. I'm in where, remission. <laughs> are you getting off it slowly? <laughs> Taking the, and the, the Law and Order antidote? Exactly. You know? But no, I, I know. Exa- but what I'm saying is, is that if a movie, no matter if it's a movie that's, um, you know, a big, uh, big budget movie, low budget movie, whatever, if you want to know what happens at the end, then it's got you. It did its job. Exactly. And that's what I can say about Muscata. If you catch it, if you see it on uh, Showtime, whatever, watch it. Cool. Involve. All right. Well, if I do catch it, I will watch it. Otherwise, I'm not sure if it'll be one I run out to get from Redbox or whatever. Exactly. But, you know. I wouldn't say you should. I do actually like Norman Reedus, though. I think that he's a pretty good actor. He always plays the same thing. Pretty much. But still, I mean, I, I like him well enough. He always looks like, he's one of those guys that <laughs> always looks like he was out until about four in the morning drinking yeah. the night before. Uh-huh. All the time. Every, Every single day. time I see him. Yep. <laughs> he probably was, though. Mm, no, he's probably some family man with six kids. Pro- yeah. 
that goes would to be church the, every day. <laughs> that would be the ironic thing, exactly, right? Exactly. Huh? Yeah. He doesn't wash his hair because he doesn't have time for all of his six kids running around. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So okay. let's move on to the big finish. The big finale. And it is a big finale. And I have a lot to say about this movie. And I think that probably Phil does too. Yes. The magnum opus known as Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Oh my goodness. I had seen this movie when I was about 12 yeah. and had not seen it until actually earlier today. <laughs> Just out of pure luck because you mentioned that you had watched it and I was like, oh my God, I got to watch that when you sent, when you told me that. Yeah. And then I sort of forgot about it, but then I was flipping through the channels on cable today and there it was and I was like, perfect. <laughs> and I had forgotten what a perfectly weird fucking movie this is. Yes. This movie is just mind-bendingly odd. <laughs> yes. Came out, okay. So, just as a, you know, sort of to, to just give an outline of it, came out in 1985 in the sort of um, action, sort of weird, cheesy action prime of sure. 80s movies. Uh -huh. um, stars Fred Ward. One Fred of, Ward. One of my favorites, by the way. And I'm not being facetious. I really do like Fred Ward. Gotta love uh, him in Tremors. Yeah, hey, great. He, and uh, Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. Who yeah. could forget Joe Dirt? No, he was Joe Dirt's dad. But anyway, or his fake dad or something. I don't know. He was in it. <laughs> something. He yeah. was in it. Uh -huh. um, but anyway, he, uh, Fred Ward plays a cop who whose death is faked so that he can be recruited into a government agency apparently consisting of only two people. Yes. <laughs> two people in a, you know, desktop computer. A 1985, like, weird... That plays videos. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> they don't have an internet connection or a hard drive or anything, but somehow it plays videos. Uh -huh. um, and um, so they fake his death. They recruit him into this uh, three-person uh, government agency to become an assassin. Yes. But they trick him. Spoiler alert. <laughs> they trick him into being trained by this Korean ninjutsu or something or other master. Right. Who basically trains him to <laughs> balance on poles, walk across water, um, dodge yeah. bullets. Uh-huh. Anything. Anything. Become Superman, more or less. Exactly. So, he gets trained by this guy, this old Korean guy, and they make it very clear in more than one scene that he's not Chinese, he's not Japanese, he's Korean, because Koreans are the only ones that know how to do things right. Or, as they say in the movie, the most perfect race ever to be put on the face of the earth. Exactly. Yes. Thank you for stealing my line. <laughs> so, they he trains Fred Ward, and then Fred Ward goes after the bad guys, and... Action ensues. The adventure begins. The adventure begins. <laughs> so this movie, and I'm going to just say, and I won't take up the whole, because I know you have stuff to say about it too. I won't take up the whole conversation here. But this movie was, I couldn't decide if this was an intentionally um, sort of uh, goofy movie or if they just... It was written as a straightforward sort of action movie, but then when they got to making it, they went, this is goofy. Let's just make it goofy. Mm. Because it's definitely a goofy movie. 
it's not it's not one of those movies where you go this is unintentionally goofy right you could tell that it, it even if the director was maybe taking it a little more straightforward the actors weren't <laughs> or if the writer thought of it as like a straightforward type of action movie mm-hmm. the director and the actors didn't yes it was a goofy movie mm-hmm. i mean it really was it was seriously strange and i mean just there were so many weird little touches like when he when fred ward after he's been sort of tutored by the Korean guy, um, he can like basically walk on water yeah. um, where he runs across that full cement pool yeah. and never falls in. And then the guy that With the nice sound effects of like... Yeah. The weird, like really bad sound effects. Mm-hmm. And then the bad guy tries to chase him across and falls <laughs> in and, and just Oops. sinks. Yep. And I love that because he falls in, he <laughs> sinks over his head, and they just have a reaction shot of the one construction worker just going, boo. He doesn't, he doesn't try nope, to help nope, him or anything. No rescue, no, just like, what the fuck these and, people do? Uh, these damn white people's name. Crazy. <laughs> so this movie was directed by a guy who directed four James Bond by movies. By a guy. A, oh, didn't. <laughs> guy Hamilton. Yes. Who directed four James Bond movies. Mm-hmm. He was the original choice to direct Superman the movie, but could not do it due to the fact that he was a tax exile from England, which is where they shot the movie, so he could only be there for 30 days at a time. My goodness. And I hey, I did my research on this movie, Phil. Apparently. It's craziness. And it's based on a series of books called The Destroyers mm-hmm. or The Destroyer. Yes. Which has 142 novels. Yeah, but they're like separate. Yeah, well, still, 142. That's a lot. You don't see them in stores anymore. When I was younger, you'd see this giant series of books. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember him at all, but Jesus Christ. This movie is so weird. <laughs> what? Uh, and I've been dominating the conversation. What did you think of Remo Williams? Masterpiece. One word. No, just kidding. It's actually um, an un... Uh, it's, it's an unheralded uh, oddity. <laughs> really? That it is. I mean, it has a lot in common with, um, say, a... Uh, Hudson Hawk or something. Yeah, right? definitely. Just, it just le- left the bounds of reality at some point long behind. Sure. And, like, didn't mind that it had. Right. Um, so, in that way, it's certainly kind of fun. Um, but it also has glaring oddities. Like, can- <laughs> Oh, movie cast- is a glaring oddity. Casting Joel Grey, a little Jewish man... To play an elderly Korean man is um, unacceptable. <laughs> I mean, you could have hired Mako. He was around. <laughs> oh. Why did you have to hire Joel Gray and put him in, essentially, you know, blackface by another term? Sure. Yellowface? Ooh. Ouch. I shouldn't have said that. Um, by the way, this movie was actually nominated for an Oscar for those makeup effects. That's awesome. It didn't deserve it. Didn't uh, win, 
You know who it lost <laughs> out to? You know who it lost out to? Who? Mask. Okay. You know, Eric Stoltz? Yeah. Okay. I'm aware. No, <laughs> it wasn't Eric Stoltz. It was making Cher look real. Oh. <laughs> making her look like <laughs> a, a real person. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Eric Stoltz is fine. That's only, whatever. So basically, that's what he really he did looks that like. himself. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, okay. I'm going to hell. Sorry, Sheriff. We're going to hell. We got a lot of those. Okay. So anyway, go ahead. Um. Yeah. That that glared at me through the picture. I was like, this was like 1985. You think we we you could find an Asian actor who'd do this for you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, apparently, and, and again, I did actually read the whole IMDb and Wikipedia about this movie. Apparently, the guy, uh, Joel Gray, turned it down like three times until really? they, they could prove to him that they could actually make him look like an older Korean guy. And then they did this whole big makeup thing for a full day, mm-hmm. and then they showed him in the mirror, and he goes, okay, I'll do it now. Like, okay, well... Whatever. Great. Anyway. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, hey, me, I'm a Star Trek fan, having Kate Mulgrew in the picture <laughs> yeah, was, a, was a turn on, I gotta say. Was it just me, or did you get the impression that Kate Mulgrew throughout the entire movie was about half a second away from just laughing the entire time? Oh, God, yes. I mean, like, you could, like, see her being like, what the fuck is going on? I know, like, I could tell it's like they must have had to, they, they probably had to do two or three takes of all her scenes because yeah. she would just, it looked like she was just about to burst out laughing the uh-huh. entire time. That's very true. Um, I will say, I mean, it's, it's a weird, oh, God, such a, oh, God. I mean, I, it, 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 it's weird to me that they would go to the Statue of Liberty and the bad guys just show up with a couple bucks and, like, the, you know, Teamsters Union guys there just like, yeah, I'll go kick that guy off the fucking statue. I'll go kill him. And when they were counting out the money, was it $40? I know, it wasn't <laughs> it was a like, lot of money. It was like $39.40. i am like, these three guys are going to split $40 to go kill somebody. <laughs> they don't know. They're bored. And then they were laughing like hyenas the whole time, banging <laughs> with the pipes on the scaffolding. Yeah. I was just like, this is so weird. Yes. Like, oh, my God. And, you know, here's another piece of trivia about this movie. Oh. They actually built a replica of the Statue of Liberty in Mexico City to get shots that they couldn't get at the actual Statue of Liberty. Just okay. so you know. I mean, All I, right. But anyway, those two, those three guys, those two construction workers were so annoying. Because yeah. all they were doing was taking metal pipes, banging on the scaffolding, and laughing. <laughs> and just laughing like retards. Yes. Oh, my God. And they got paid $40 that they got to split. Woo! We're uh, having a beer tonight. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's go pool our money and get a pitcher. Woo! Woo! <laughs> but then, like, when... Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in 1985, $40 could buy you a Buick. I don't uh, know. Yeah, well, you know. Last we'll my <laughs> grandfather. But... And then they go... Then they sneak onto the army base at the end. And and it just... It sort of... It goes a little bit off the rails toward the end where a you can tell... A little bit. That, well, no, I'm saying With that, the, like, like, air chamber scene. Like, we're... 
He's they're supposedly dying from the gas, but then he just sort of says, "Well, Ta-da! fuck it, I'm not gonna die anymore." Exactly. You know, and he's, I'm gonna kick this guy's ass. And the guy with the diamond on his tooth. Yeah. And that was so funny. He grabs that guy and pushes his face up against the window and cuts the window with the tooth, the diamond on his tooth. I was just like, "Really? Okay." But you know what's funny though is that I noticed that um, the action is goofy as this movie is. Yeah. The action sequences were actually fairly well done. It is Guy Hamilton. You know, I have to ask this question. I I have to ask this question. Okay. Now. Yes. Is this movie, the the action sequences and a lot of the stuff in it, goofy only because it's not James Bond? Uh, I see where you're going. Because if you just took these action sequences, replaced Fred Ward with James Bond. Right. Um, I think they're a little goofier, but not, uh, like, a lot goofier. Right. They're, that's my, that's my point. I, I think... They're about 15% goofier. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, they're not, I mean, they're very comparable to the James Bond yeah, Especially sequences. 70s James Bond, or sure. like Roger Moore, Jaws, you Oh, know, yeah, definitely. Goofy. Well, and especially the, the, uh... The Statue of Liberty scene. Yes, that was, that was very a, that long. was a James Bond sequence. Yes, except for like I said, about fifteen percent goofier. <laughs> Not a the hell of a lot. Tackling construction work. Those guys were so in all they would do is just go. <laughs> I'm gonna get him, and then just bang on the fucking thing. Yep. Okay, now I will say this: I am surprised that this movie doesn't have a little bit more of a cult following than it does. Yeah, because. This is a perfect cult following movie. Yes. I mean, Korean mysticism, <laughs> right. secret government agencies, Wilford Brimley. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention Wilford Brimley, Wilford Brimley. is Fred Ward's Grandpa boss. Grandpa Oatmeal. And diabetes. <laughs> this <laughs> must have been before he had the diabetes. Diabetes. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, and who's, okay, now this is going to sound really bad that I don't remember his name. Who's Who's the... The second guy in the agency, the black guy with the big mustache. I have no idea what his name is. He's one of those guys. One, one of those the character actor, those guys. Yes. Okay, because I, I recognized him, but I was like... Yeah, I, I've seen him in probably a dozen things, but I yeah. couldn't tell you his name. Okay. And then the goofy fucking scene where they're where he's trying to cut open the electric fence. And <laughs> and like and, and, and he doesn't get electrocuted even though he's running the, the metal um, pliers across it. Uh-huh. And then he goes... Uh, Remo Williams says to him, did uh, Chun or whatever his name teach you that? And he goes, no, man. He pulls up his jacket sleeve and he's got a fake arm because he's like, anti-personnel mind, Korea. And it's like, that came out of nowhere. And, you know, you know and it's like, his both of his hands work just fine. Now, I will say that that sequence with the fucking dogs, that was, that was 90% goofier than anything. Oh, yeah. That was pretty damn funny. I was like, really? The dogs... Like, Pulled down the fire smart dogs. What are we in deep blue sea now? That was so funny because deep the one blue dog town. The dog jumps up, grabs the fire escape. He's not heavy enough to pull it down, so the other dog jumps up and grabs it too, and they pull it down. Yeah, yeah. All and right. he says, "What was the line?" Oh man, I wish I could remember this line. He says something like, "I guess you're not your average stupid sons of bitches" or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was wonderful. <laughs> that was so funny, and the dog does the tight wire act. 
Yes. That was awesome. Oh, this my movie head hurts. Is, this my movie, head hurts. This movie is so gloriously weird. It really is. And um, like, if you're a fan of, of bad movies as much as we are, and I should hope so because you're listening to our podcast, go have, watch Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins. You have got to see this movie. And I will say this. I was a little surprised at how long it was. It, yeah. It's yeah. a long movie. It's like two hours long. Yes. Um, but... For an action movie from 1985, that's pretty long. That's a long, yeah. But this movie, like I said, I'm really surprised that it doesn't have a bigger cult following. Yes. Because it is so perfect for a cult following. Mm -hmm. It really is. Yeah. And, you know, um, apparently Fred Ward did, like, pretty much all of his own stunts in this movie. And, yeah, you could tell. And, yeah, you could really see it. I was surprised because, you know, at, when I was seeing these weird stunts going on, you know, a lot of times you just see, oh, obviously that's not the guy. Yeah. But apparently he did them all, or most of them at least. And <laughs> like, well, hey, good for him, you know. If he's going to be in the... Good for Fred Ward. If he's going to be in a movie this goofy, at least he's going to give it all he's got, you know. <laughs> hey, it was his biggest, you know, star turn. Well, up to that point, sure. Up to any point. Well, he was in Tremors. I think people would remember him more for Tremors than sure, Remo but that, Williams. But Tremors, by definition, is like the, one of the biggest cult movies of all time. Sure. It wasn't, you know, it, you know, it, I don't, did it, if it went to theaters, it was there for like a week or two. Oh, I went to see it in a theater. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, like eight. Everybody found that movie on like HBO. Sure, but uh, Roger Ebert put it in his top ten for that year. Okay. I remember that. Anyway, back to Remo Williams. You got to see this movie. If you're a fan of these weird, cheesy 80s, like, so goofy, they're good movies, you have got to see this movie. I don't, I don't know that I'd say it's so goofy, it's good, but it is worth a watch. It's, it's funny, though, because... Just for strangeness. Okay, so we did the uh, Palooza episode, right? Yes. And um, part of the reason that I think that the Palooza works is because... It, they were so unaware that they were making this, like, super crap. Yes. In this movie, it was almost like every once in a while you could just pick up this sort of wink to the audience, yeah. you know. And it's almost like they cut, they, they, they walked that line a little too much. Yes. That's maybe why it doesn't have the cult following that it could have. Right. Because it was a little too self-aware. Uh-huh. I know. I, I know exactly what you mean. And I think that's the problem is that a guy Hamilton came in and, and did like, let's just go a little bit further than James Bond goes. And yeah, yeah. And well, yeah, so this I This is what you get. <laughs> well yeah. And the thing is, like I said, I hadn't seen this movie since I was like twelve or something, and I watched it again just today, like I said. And I was like, Man, this is like the per this is right in my wheelhouse when it comes to like these, <laughs> these sort of weird, goofy yeah, you know movies, uh -huh. but then I thought about it later, and I went, "Well, would I, if it was on again, like say next week, would I watch it again?" I went, well, "Probably not, really, because yeah. it's not one like Clue, say that yeah. you can just kind of watch over and over, and it's funny and whatever." It's like I think I'd get tired of it real quick if I watched it again, like yeah, too for, soon. For me, this one uh, is no Hudson Hawk. Hudson uh, Hawk for me yeah. is is the king of this. Yes, goofy, yeah, like hilarious, goofy, bad. Movie. Sure, yeah. But it's it's definitely we named our podcast exactly. I mean, how could you say that we wouldn't watch it again if we named our whole damn podcast after it? Um, but it's definitely if you haven't seen it or if you haven't seen it in a long time, it's definitely worth a watch, um, even if just to see the dog 
walk on the high wire. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I don't know. That, for some reason, I just couldn't stop laughing when I was watching that. And, I, and, and the thing was, I couldn't remember from the last time I had seen it. I went, are they going to really have the dog walk the high wire? Because I can't remember. And then, <laughs> and then it started walking. I was like, of course they're going to have the dog walk the high what wire. What a stupid question. The dogs like did the whole maze with the like stairs and the fire escape and all this stuff. I was like, duh, of course they're going to have it. <laughs> so anyway, watch, watch it if you can. Um, it's on cable this month. Yeah, definitely. Take a gander on yeah. Encore. Yep. All right, people. So, we have a sponsor. Do we want to mention that? Yes, we that? do. Uh, Indo Industries, once again. Um, get your uh, stuff at uh, IndoIndustries.com. For urban outerwear for the... For the mobily... Urban. Cool. <laughs> hey, I got mine. I wear mine all the time. And in fact, I will say this. The, the t-shirt that I got, the Indo uh, oh. Team Indo uh, shirt... Very comfortable. All right. Seriously, very nice. Highly recommended. Yes, definitely. All right. And um, where can they find us? They can find us at well, they can find us at uh, <laughs> on iTunes or at um, they can email us oh, at yeah. canufbi at gmail Nobody ever does. Well, yeah, but they still can. It's yeah. not to say they they're not gonna. We wish you would. I, we still do have our Twitter. Suggestions. Do you know any other pictures like Remo Williams that we've never talked about that you wish we would? Exactly. Let us know. We are open to suggestions. Very. Um, I sat down and I said, I'm going to take this one for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I watched Remo Williams when you people. Oh, no. <laughs> I do that every now and again. I go, yeah. okay, I can't, I can't miss this one. I actually do that It'll be good too. for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think half of my Steven Seagal movies are that. Exactly. But, okay, so we do still have our Twitter, though. I mean, I've been actually checking our Twitter a little bit more lately. And, in fact, one of my Twitter uh, comments that I posted uh. at, on our Twitter, which is, can you FBI? Or, do you have to say, at, can you FBI? Yeah. I don't yeah, know, yeah. Whatever. Right. Um, actually made it onto another podcast. Right. Uh, the, the Doug Loves Movies podcast. Uh-huh. I pointed out that he, because in one of his podcasts, he... Um, called uh, Mom and Dad Save the World. He called it Mom and Dad Save the Universe. Yeah. And I made a little comment on his through our Twitter. Uh-huh. And he said on his podcast, he goes, somebody on Twitter, this one guy on Twitter told me, it's not Mom and Dad Save the Universe, it's Mom and Dad Save the World. And I was like, that was me! <laughs> it was awesome. So anyway, the point is... Oh, it's the, I know. The point is, you can see us at Twitter... Can you FBI? Can you FBI at gmail.com? Get us on iTunes. And once again, like I said last week, subscribe through iTunes because it helps our ranking go up. Um, or you can subscribe at podcastmachine.com. Or be our, or like us on or Facebook. Like, yes. We have our own Facebook page and everything. We're like we're legitimate. We're like social mediaing it up. Not really. Is that a term? Social mediaing? No. It's an awkward term if it is. <laughs> I think there's probably a better way to say that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, is there anything else, Phil, that you would like to discuss before we go out for this week? Airbags in, in the, the fucking back! Can you fucking believe it? Phil, you gotta take us out. That was no good. You gotta take us out. Can you fucking believe it? Yeah, that's probably what happened. <laughs> <laughs>